In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, on this holy night, we remember three key events from the gospel. We remember that Christ celebrated the Passover with his disciples, that Christ instituted the sacrament of Holy Communion for the church, and that Christ washed the feet of his disciples. And these are three distinct events, but they're all going to point to one foundational truth tonight. That is that Jesus Christ has come to be the lamb who bears the sins of the world. The setting for this night in the gospel is that Jesus is eating the Passover meal with his disciples. In the book of Exodus, this is called the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, and the Jewish people are commanded to keep this feast every year during the month, which roughly correlates to our month of April. And during the Passover meal, Jewish people are to recall the night of the Passover that we read in Exodus. And so we remember that this is the time when the angel of the Lord passed over the Jews in Egypt who had put, blood, put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. The rest of the firstborn sons in Egypt were killed in God's judgment. This was the action that commences the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. And so the Passover, the story of the Passover, the remembrance of the Passover was always a remembrance of God's deliverance. And so in God's timing, it's no coincidence that this is the night that Jesus is betrayed, handed over, and that his suffering is set into motion. Jesus is the Passover lamb. The lambs which were slaughtered in the Old Testament were giving us a picture of the true lamb who was to come. This lamb, Jesus Christ, was the true spotless lamb, the lamb with no blemish, the lamb that had no sin of his own, the perfect lamb. And because this lamb was slaughtered, he delivers us from the enemies of God. Because of his blood, we are released from the power and tyranny, not of Pharaoh, but of Satan. Because of his blood, we are delivered not from the chains of physical slavery, but from the chains of sin. And because of his blood, we are passed over by death. He takes, his sin, he takes our sins onto himself. Our sins are put onto his body. He receives God's wrath for the sins which he bears for us. And so we are delivered. And because he is the lamb who delivers us by his own body and blood, Jesus institutes, he begins for his disciples, the sacrament of Holy Communion. He says the bread and the wine that we receive are, in fact, his body and blood. He's not speaking to them symbolically. And this is why it's so important to understand that in communion, we receive the actual body and blood of our Lord. Jesus is showing us, and he is giving to us, the very body, the very blood which bore our sins. This is the body that was hung on a cross for us. It is the body which was raised from the tomb for us. When we receive the body and blood of Christ, we can receive it knowing that he has forgiven us, that he has done this for us. God's promise of forgiveness is tied into the body and blood of Christ. And Christ gives us his body and blood to eat, precisely because eating is the thing that gives us great joy in this world. And I've said this during Lent, and maybe, again, it's old-fashioned, but the old advice to young wives was that a way to a man's heart was through his stomach. And maybe we don't say that anymore. That's too old-fashioned. 
But it's true that all people everywhere, men and women, love to eat delicious food. We enjoy sitting around a table with family and friends, eating and drinking, celebrating. Those meals and those experiences are what we look forward to. And so Jesus gives us communion to eat as a way to celebrate our deliverance from death into life. He is using our stomachs to get to our hearts. In this meal that Jesus gives us, he is giving us a promise. The meal is not a sacrifice. It's not a ritual we're doing to try to make God happy. It's not a ritual we're doing to try to justify ourselves. But it's a meal in which we receive God's faithfulness in his word. It's in this word that we receive in the meal that we are given the certainty that our sins are forgiven, that we're given eternal life. And finally, on this night, we remember that Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. Christ is telling his disciples that he has become a slave for them. That's who washed feet in the ancient world. It was servants, it was slaves. And so Jesus is telling them he is pouring himself out. He, who is the king of all creation, the master, the teacher, and the one by whom all things exist, he is the one who rightfully receives all the praise of heaven and earth. But here he is, washing the feet of a dozen common men from Galilee. Jesus is telling them that he has come to be a servant to all. He has come to save all of us. He has come to save the lowest of the low. He has come to bear our sins, to become the ultimate slave on our behalf. He has come to do for us the work that we could not do on our own. And all of this he does out of his love. Christ has come to die for us because he loves us. Likewise, he tells us then to unite with one another out of love. Serve one another. Understand that no one is better than the other. Instead, we are all saved by that which we cannot do for ourselves. We are saved by what the Lamb does for us. We are united by and through Christ's love. The unity of spirit is a gift that Christ also gives us in Holy Communion. Of course, communion means literally coming together. And so we are coming together as ones who have been saved by Christ. This is lived out in the sacrament. When we come together to kneel to receive the body and blood of Christ, we are doing so as all who are equally saved, all who are equally in need of Christ. Luther puts it like this, our Lord gave us this sacrament to bring about unity of faith, of doctrine, of life. The external differences in the stations of life will continue. There is not always equality there. Each one has his own duties to perform, which differ vastly from each other. A farmer leads another life than a prince. The wife of the house has other duties to perform than the maid. Such distinctions must ever remain in our everyday life. But in Christ, there is neither male nor female, no prince nor tiller. They are all Christians. The gospel, the promise and faith which I have, belongs equally to prince, peasant, woman, servant, and child. And such equality is indicated by the Holy Supper, since in it we all receive the same food, the same nourishment. Whether we be man or wife, matron or maid, father or child, ruler or subject, 
If we have the same faith, we are heirs of the same heaven. Though I reside here and another in Jerusalem, and we are personally total strangers to each other, for we both have the same Lord, in whom we believe and hope in our salvation. And this union of faith causes the devil immense displeasure. He is never on the alert to sunder our communion, for he knows how his influence is thwarted when Christians come together in faith. In the sacrament, Christ gives us this great gift of being united as one. That is, we're not set above one another in the faith. We're all equally made free by Christ. We're all equally made servants of the word in Christ, and we are all equally made servants of one another. And what a gift that is when we come together to receive the body and blood of Christ. And so now having talked about the three big points of Maundy Thursday, I do want to briefly address Clementine. Clementine will receive the sacrament for the first time tonight. And so Clementine, tonight, for the first time, you will receive the great gift that God has for you. It's a great gift because God is giving you himself. In communion, he is giving you the forgiveness of sins. He is healing you. He is showing you his love for you. And in communion, he is making a promise to you that he is always going to be here for you. He is also giving you the gift of those who are behind you right now, who are going to commune with you tonight. God is telling you that those people behind you are also part of your family. The people sitting behind you tonight are your brothers and sisters. And God is going to use these people in your life. They will love you, they will support you, they will pray for you, they will encourage you. And God is giving you this gift. And this is a gift not just for tonight. The beauty of it is that this is a gift you get to receive over and over and over. So in your life, you're going to experience good times, you will experience bad times, some days will be wonderful, some days will be awful, some days God will seem very close. Some days God will seem very far. But he is giving you this gift of communion so that no matter what is going on in your life, you can come to him and know for certain, without a doubt, that he loves you. And so when God in his word says, this is my body given for you, this is my blood shed for you, trust those words with your whole heart. Those words say that God has made a decision about you. And that decision is that he claims you. He claims you as his very own child. And because he is God Almighty, he gets what he wants. And so when he claims you, it is for certain. So when you come to receive the body and blood of our Lord in communion, come trusting in your heart that God is forever for you. Amen.